Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. I'm calling in from uh, LA right now. No. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight, season two of The Beating Table with your hosts, myself, Leith Makiwa, and Digger Yakwa, way out in Ganawage, and I'm way out here in London. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. This is so weird not to have you like in here and, you know, just kind of talking to the wall. I'm staring at us at Howie and. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm in a little sound booth. And to clarify, I'm not in London, England. I'm in <laughs> London, Ontario on the University of Western Ontario campus in a sound studio. So we're lucky that we're able to come together and all she had to do was plug her phone into some kind of sound thing or something or other on that end. Yeah, it's all a lot of cords and wires going on right now. But yeah, so yeah, this is different. So bear with us, our dear listeners. Uh, we're going to, you know, make the best of it and see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, we had just a pre-production meeting about maybe three minutes about talking about some of the things we're going to discuss here on the podcast today. But like she said, we're like, bear with us. We're just trying to get our... Uh, our bearings and this is the first time we're doing this and hopefully by may we'll be able to be pros at this and <laughs> we'll have intro music or well, we do have intro music but yeah anyway, whatever all righty so i'll jump into i have i had a few questions so i do have to apologize in advance because when they came in i did i didn't write them down right away i figured okay they'll be there i'll, I'll check them out and I lost them. So I'm so sorry for the ones, um, my cousin, Yonita Howie, <laughs> I lost your question. So we'll have I to I have re- a question. Okay. I have a question from her. So I found it. Oh, okay. Perfect. Maybe it was on our, uh, on, on the uh, beating table one. Okay. okay. So um, I had another one come in and mm-hmm. it, the question was, do you separate your beads after you finish and put them back in the tubes? So like when you finish a project. Um, what do you do with the leftover beads? Do you throw them out or do you save them even if it's not enough uh, for a new project? Yeah. Um, so like, do you make a bead super, like before I used to, a long time ago, um, I would often mix the beads. To, I mean, I'm one of those people that just put my beads on my beading mat. Like if there's six colors I'm using, all six colors are on the beading mat. Like in a big like mess? No, like in their little piles. But what happens is eventually it becomes, some of them are mixing, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And throughout the project, whether, um, and usually what it would be is I would be taking them like from one part of my house to another part of the house. Like I didn't, at the time when I I did this, I didn't really have like a studio space. So it was basically at home, I would be doing my beadwork. But then when we start getting together with beading groups, like more with, beating biddies i would put them just in a plastic bag all mixed together and i remember one time trudy thomas was like your beads are just (laughs) it it bothers some people like some people don't like that and it it might make somebody feel overwhelming and she was just like oh yeah and sometimes she would mention it like later on in the years like oh i remember that time you had all this like beads (laughs) in a bag and to be honest i still have some bags that just have random beads in them that used to be a color palette for another project. 
Now I don't do that. Very, I don't do that at all. I don't mix them mm-hmm. because I'm taking my beadwork everywhere and anywhere. So I can't really, like, I don't really want to have just like beads yeah. in bag. And um, I keep all the beads, even if there's just a little bit. And that's me because I have a bead store. So I might have beads later on that might be that same color. Or maybe I was doing the tubes and it made less than half a tube and I'll save the beads and then I'll sell it. Like, you know, like I, yeah. I, I just save it kind of thing. I do throw beads away. Or maybe somebody might be like, oh my God, she throws beads away. But if I, I do, or I give them away, you know, if I have extra, I'll just toss it in the bin. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I know that's probably not the best thing, but I do. That's what I do sometimes. And yeah, I just go fresh. I mean, I would never throw like more than maybe like, mm, maybe like five grams of beads I'd throw away. Not more than that. Like I wouldn't throw like half a tube away or anything like that. That's ridiculous. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's what I do. How about you? I know um, you are very particular on how you do that. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I can't do that bead soup stuff or nothing. Like nothing touches. It, it cannot be infiltrated with the other colors. So everything stays separate. <laughs> when I'm done uh, after like, well, you know how it is. Like if I'm working, I leave my table a big disaster or whatever. But yeah. sometimes I'll leave it on the table or whatever. If I have to clean up, everything goes back away. It all goes back into their tubes. Um, mm-hmm. I get separated and cleaned right away so that I'm avoiding like that big giant pile up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I do with the leftovers? If it's like, yeah, if it, if it's like less than a quarter of a tube, I chuck it. Um, uh-huh. I do the same. Unless like, un- yeah, no, most of the times, like if it's only a tiny little bit, like because I, sometimes too, I, I'll use it for other tubes. Like I'll buy some of the beads like in a bag. Yeah. So then I'll just chuck if there's a little bit left, I, I toss it and um, yeah, whatever. And I'll just reuse the tube. So I don't always keep everything. Sometimes I will, but then, yeah, I have like a million tubes sitting there that have like 20 beads in the tube. So it's a, I, I look at it as a waste, of space. waste of yeah. space. Yeah. So I, I toss it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I do it. I don't, I don't really, except for that part. I get particular only like with the mixing and stuff. I don't want nothing touching. <laughs> I don't want yeah. a big bead soup kind of thing going on. So, yeah. so did you have a question too, you said? Uh, there was a couple questions from last time that we didn't answer. Okay. And then there was this question that Yunita Hawi had asked, and hopefully she doesn't mind us calling her out, but you already did. Too bad. Yeah. She can get mad at you, yeah. her cousin. <laughs> she'll she'll come to the it, shop. Yeah. So it said, "Come." Um, her question was, "Coming up with new patterns no one has oh. seen before." That was like the the topic, the question, like the, the topic she wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then I had asked for clarification on what she actually meant, and she wanted to know, like, how many failed attempts would you take until you got a usable pattern? Okay, that's the question. I yeah, so all patterns right, I saw. And designs, I guess, like that. Kind of, like, well, yeah, I guess more like patterns, I guess. And I think for me, the biggest challenge for that would be really how the construction of it would be made like mm-hmm. i have to, I, I would have to go so far as make like a mock copy and i have done that with a purse i wasn't 100 percent sure about how it was going to be so i kind of just left it on the side um i think people can make shapes of patterns in in various various ways and no one has ever seen them before um if if that's what she was referring to in term in terms of patterns but it all really comes down to construction because you could have a great shape and not know what to do with it. If it was a T like, it's easy to do a 
2D, a two-dimensional mm-hmm. thing, but to make a construction out of like a, to make something that is 2D a 3D, you really have to put in a lot of time and effort to see if it, if you're doing a purse, if the flap goes right, if you're doing like a pair of moccasins, if the vamp is even like, I'm like, if it fits, yeah. If it fits, like I'm doing that right now. Like I am changing a vamp pattern and I'm like, oh my God, like, is it going to work? Mm-hmm. Is it going to work with how the cuffs are going to go? And I don't know. And I told the the, the client, I said, this is how the pattern is going to be. I like how it is. The moccasins are done. But if I don't like it, I have to take that piece off. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I have to, and I've already beaded the vamp. Like I got to take something off. I've never done that before either. Like really like had to backtrack like. Yeah. But that's just the way it's going to be. You know, it's just, you got to take a chance kind of thing. And if I really make a mistake, I'll just have to do it all again. And that'll be a learning too. But I think in terms of patterns, like, I don't know if I've ever come up with something brand new that no, maybe a shape nobody's ever seen, but I've never done. I don't think anything that no one has ever seen before because there's patterns in not just beadwork, but anything, you know, like you could be like mm-hmm. doing leather work or whatever it is you're doing and things. I I don't know, like aside. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I don't think I've made anything and no one has never, ever seen before. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think for me too, like, uh, I probably have about a million variations of the same of like one product because for that exact same thing that you were talking about while you're working, um, you're making adjustments. So it, I usually start on paper. Um, mm-hmm. I draw things out and I get my symmetry and doing all of that stuff. And then sometimes it's just like slight tweaking where you got to I have to re retrace it because then. I didn't like maybe the curve on something, so I have to cut it a bit. (laughs) Yeah, you have to readjust it and all that. So then there's like a thousand patterns of the same thing, basically. Um, For the most part, I throw some of them out, though, because what happens is it builds up. And then I don't remember what's the good and what's Mm -hmm. not. So I usually write like good pattern on everything (laughs) so that I know. And the date, date, yeah, yeah. So I try to get that all on there. Um, But yeah, it's... uh, like sometimes people don't understand like the amount of work that goes into making a pattern. You know, I think that's yeah. why sometimes a lot of people like sit on their patterns. Like, of course, we share and all of that. But sometimes it's like, let me play with it a little bit longer. Let me do a few more things before I start sharing it. Because it's like it took me like, for example, I posted not too long ago. Um, I'm working on a pair of moccasins right now that I would like to put into a show. And, the one? Yeah, the black and yeah. black and white. So I have, oh, a, yes. yeah. yeah, I have an idea for the uh, the cuffs, and I did you post. Posted a, it. Yeah, I posted a picture of like that's not the the end product. There's still more going to it that I won't yeah. I won't show tell more on it. But yeah, but just to get like, that yeah, shape. Yeah, I want to say that now, but I, I think I have an idea in my mind, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm still working with it. I don't even. I still not 100 percent sure what I'm doing it with it, but I. It took me forever to get that right and to get it to fit the way I wanted it and to look a certain way. And even after I got all the measurements properly, you know, put into place, because especially when you're doing moccasins, like one, one pattern doesn't fit all, you know, so. Yeah. Every moccasin is a different shape. Exactly. So, and exact, like even from side to side. So it's kind of like if somebody is like, okay, well, can I have your cuff pattern? It's not going to fit yours. You have no. to adjust it. But if when it's a general shape, like say it's just rounded or it's just like squared off at the the edges, that's totally fine. It's easy to adjust. This one has kind of um, it has like a scallop shape. 
So those scallops had to get measured to fit each side of those moccasins so that they fit properly because the yeah, lengths like were the different. Center, the center on the, each one, right? Let's say it was the center yeah. of one scallop. You, yeah, you, yeah, they had to get stretched out. They had to get, be moved. So they, they're not necessarily even the same. The two patterns are not the same. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, and that takes time because now I had, it took me say an hour, hour and a half to finally get one good and finalized. And then I got to do it again for the other one. Of course, it's quicker for the other one because now I, yeah. I know the system. So it took me about four hours just to get the paper, um, the paper part of it done. And then I had mm -hmm. to transfer it on. I used Pellin for these and I had to transfer it onto that. And even once the paper was done, I ran into another issue and I was like, wait, the was end. Was it the pen? Sorry? Was it pen leaking? No, no, no. It was, uh, I it was the shape of it still. It still wasn't oh, what okay. I wanted. It wasn't the the end part wasn't sitting properly. So I had to readjust that. But I just did that right onto the pellet. So even the paper pattern now is not what the pellet pattern is. So they're, they're different. They're both different because I readjust it just yeah. on the pellet. So yeah, so that, that was about like four hours worth of work just to get the, uh, the patterns for that. So it, it's, it's time consuming. It's like there's a lot of work that goes into it. Like when you, you know, when you're doing something like the symmetry in it and it's a little bit different yeah. to shape, it's, it's a lot of work. It gets uh, kind of crazy. So. And you're, and like, we'll be honest, like you're very particular about that kind of stuff. Like that is like one of your areas, like yeah, not yeah. Uh, bothering you, but also, but of your expertise in the fact that you want it to be a certain way lined up very particular. And that's one yeah. of the things that you strive for, right? Like, I mean, that's like one of the things that makes your artwork, your artwork is like, that's one of the things you really you really worry about. So even if you were to make another pair of moccasins, you wouldn't be able to, you'd have to do I, that all over again. Yeah, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to use it anyways for yeah. another pair because it, it probably wouldn't match, you know, like the, the size, I, I'd have this, at least I'd have the, the formula to do it, but I'd have yeah. to redo it anyways. But especially because it's something that I am striving to put it into a show, it has yeah. to look perfect. It has to be to a, a, a higher standard. So I have to really keep myself accountable to make sure that everything that I'm doing is to the utmost best of my abilities, you know, and that, you know, how I like it or how I want it to look, it's, it's that way. So that mm -hmm. may mean scrapping. Like I, I, I did, I ended up having to scrap it. Um, I originally had one, I started it maybe last week and I was just yeah. still playing with the idea of it. And I, kind of doodled it out and then had to adjust it. Then I didn't like it. I cut it all out. It was all ready in prep, but I didn't like it. It wasn't sitting the way I wanted it. So I scrapped it and then restarted it. So there's a lot. It takes a lot of um, trial and error really to, uh, to get it how you kind of want it to look. So yeah, so it's a process. And that's like what, like what you were saying in terms of like when you take a custom, and that's not even an order. Like mm -hmm. that's just a creative project that you're doing because you're trying to do something different that you've never done before and mm -hmm. it takes a long time. And so even if you made something that wasn't custom, like, because now you already have it, so it's already done. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it can be custom to somebody else, but it's one. But if you did another one, people don't realize that even though it's not a custom order, it should be treated as much as so because you have to make the next one. Custom anyway. all that work. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, even yeah. though it's not necessarily whatever yeah, like, some of the yeah. groundwork is already already done the formula is there but it's just it's still the amount of same same amount of work to process yeah, and, it every, and i think every everyone who's creating new things has to do that i mean like if you take a class and somebody gives you their 
pattern. Well, that's one thing. You don't have to worry about that part. Like that part isn't is done, you know, mm-hmm. like like figuring out if that bat fits or whatnot. You still have to make the design unless you're doing the same design you learned in the, in the class or whatever, all that kind of stuff. But somebody has to do the work. Like it starts somewhere. Like it's yeah. not just like, oh yeah, I just got the pattern and that's somebody did that work. So behind every pattern, there's that long trial and error that people have put like, you know, a lot of times, like maybe days, like you said now, trying yeah. to figure out like how to how to make it just so. So like that's something people need to take into stock that it's not just like, yeah, you know, I just whipped up these things, you know. Yeah. Like and some patterns could be hundred years old. Yeah. Like when Merritt Cross, Issa Merritt was teaching that Sioux style that her mother-in-law taught her. That's hundreds of that's like a yeah, hundred years on. of patterns that they have created. And then we were able to just say, oh yeah, here's the pattern. Yeah. You know, so and I encourage I for any new new beaters out there, any new listeners or anything like that, I always encourage people try your own patterns. Try to figure out um the whole process, you know. It, of course it's to start off, it's it's great to get a pattern from somebody and and start there. You got to start from somewhere, but yeah. try to readjust it because that is how you learn the formulas of of um expanding what you're doing mm-hmm. and how you learn basically how to make new things how to make new patterns, how to, um, you learn the whole functions of everything, you know, especially say like moccasins, like you have to do trial and error. You have to practice, you have to try it, um, for it to, to really learn the the whole process of it and know mm-hmm. how to, to adjust it and fix it and, and make your own patterns eventually, you know? So yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta try and, and start from somewhere. So. Yeah. yeah. And not all patterns, especially patterns from long ago. I remember one time our bead group, well, we make um, the bead babes, we make uh, Christmas ornaments and somebody mm-hmm. handed a pattern and it was this pattern of a fish, a fish and this other piece. And we were like, so we all had to interpret it how we thought it was supposed to be because one, we never saw this pattern before. Like mm-hmm. I never saw this and some other people didn't see it either. And so when we came all together, we all made it a little bit different because we didn't know how the yeah. pieces actually <laughs> what to function. do. A lot of people like they just had the piece and a, a lot of them had the pattern and whatever pieces like sewn on with like thread. Mm-hmm. Not sure if anybody in your family did that, but there were some people who had patterns I brought and to make sure they all stay together because they didn't have an envelope. They just had a little piece of thread yeah. in between them all. And you have to really look and say, like, how does this piece fit here? And is that, you know, like so even then you don't know how things will end up looking because if you've never seen it actually constructed, you don't know how it functions sometimes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. What? I didn't think that was going to be a question that went so deep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And how, and how do you find you're, you're working on your piece now? Like, do you find it's moving in the direction you want it to be? I'm specifically talking about these moccasins. Or do you find like now that you're moving more to do the cuff, is your image of the vamp changing or that's like pretty set in stone? Well, it's set now. Like yeah. <laughs> the process though was like a little tricky. So we were up north and when we go to Jowarodu, there's no power. There's no, you know, not, no nothing. So, you know, we're just kind of hanging out and relaxing and whatever. So um, I did the dye on it and I did it up there in like no power <laughs> with no lights and at night. So I had like a flashlight. hanging. Yeah. So, so yeah, I dyed everything. I prepped it all. I had it all ready. And then we came home the next day. So now I was like, okay, I'm going to start beating this. And that was another trial because I, I have, I had an, I have an idea in my mind and I had to try to kind of get it going, 
but I had to see the the shape and the construction of it and if it would work because sometimes the idea even that it doesn't mm-hmm. the beads won't let you do what what you think you could do you know so anyways yeah. so the next day I sat down I was like okay I'm gonna start beading when I looked at it the gray it was the same gray that I used but it was the um the amount of color and the saturation that I did was different on the two mm-hmm. so from the vamp to the cuff they were different so the cuff ended up looking blue almost like even purpley like a like a like a violet kind of lilac kind of color mm-hmm. and the vamps are gray and black so I'm like yes. what the hell so now I'm like did I use the wrong one so I was back to the drawing board but now the cuffs are completely prepped and it took about an hour and a half to prep the cuff one cuff because of the uh everything was because there are holes in it there's like uh you know yeah. so the the gluing and all of that stuff was it was hard so um yeah I was like I'm not taking this apart like we're fixing this we got to fix like I I'm not doing this again otherwise they're not getting cuffs so mm-hmm. and you I, have to have them now like you can't not yeah like you, like you, like you have to yeah have exactly to. like otherwise i'm throwing this damn whole pair out because it's well, you're not throwing it away but yeah. you're not gonna you <laughs> but it would end up you just sitting there it. like and i would not be happy with it you know so yeah um so yeah so anyways what i did was i just i had to play around with the color of like the vibrancy and everything so i ended up finding it when i did was I don't think I completely watered down the actual dye. I used some parts of it where I just used just the dye and then put a little bit of water here and there to thin it out and get it light. So on the actual vamps, it looks like there's three or four different colors. It's not. It's all one. And I just mm-hmm. did it that way. Like I just uh, kind of changed up the the amount of water that I used for it. So now the cuffs match the, everything. It, it looks black and gray. And I, I corrected all okay. the, uh, yeah. So I was like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. So right now I'm just, it's very tedious what I have in mind. I don't. Well, it looks like it, it was, te- I mean, from what you posted, it looked like it's tedious. It was tedious to make. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. And then just the bead part, the beading is like a little bit ridiculous. So we'll see. It, it's working though. I, I'm liking it. But now I'm just trying to find like, it's those little kind of details. Like, where do I? Where do I stop with the beading? How far do I go up? Where do I put my lines? What kind of lines? Should I do straight flat lines or am I doing rope stitch? Like it's those kind of technical things. So I'm, I just kind of blast it through on one cuff right now just to get that one going. Soon as I'm, I'm confident with that, then I'll jump to the other one and start going through. But um, yeah, I, I, the deadline is November 1st. So I'm kind of. I'm going to ask you, when is it? To send their stuff in? Yeah. So I have to have everything. So I have to try to at least get, I don't know. I don't even know. I I have to email and just clarify some of the things because whatever you are, whatever you're sending on the application has to actually be what is going. So yeah. I, I have to see if, if it's not fully constructed, but if they see what it is, like the, the moccasins are all put together. Oh. The vamp is constructed. It's on, it's attached, everything. It's just the cuffs are not completed. Yeah. Th- I, so, I think that's only... The difference between some other shows is that you can just send in a series of your work as yeah. a portfolio and then you bring whatever you bring. Yeah. But yeah. I think, that's the, I think that's one of the differences. Yeah. So that that's yeah. where I was kind of like, oh, my God. OK. Like, I didn't realize that. So now I'm like, I have oh. to really kind of get it going. So I, I'm hoping that it's acceptable if I if I submit just one side so that they see because they said that's what they need to. They need to see what it's going to be. Yeah. 
So hopefully that'll be acceptable, but I have to clarify those things first. So I have to email probably this afternoon and check and make sure. Yeah. So that's where that's at. But uh, yeah, it's exciting though, because I'm like, yes, okay, I love it. You know, and it has a medallion that goes with it too. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I have to just go and shop for the, uh, I want to put like kind of beads and stuff on it for the chain. So I have to go and yeah. look that stuff up. So yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at with that though. It's exciting. It's interesting. It's interesting because a lot of times we weed in tandem, you know, like one to the other, one to the other, one to the other. And I, from what you're telling me and how I have been doing this pair of moccasins, I've done one complete side by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I don't know how it's going to look. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, like custom orders or I don't often do that with my, like my own creative things. Cause I kind of, I don't really care. Like I, like I have. Like I have the time to lose kind of like I'm not mm-hmm. like on a deadline, but when it comes to a custom order and it's colors, maybe that I'm not necessarily I picked, but we're like influenced by the person who's who's doing it. And in this case, it's influenced because you don't have never done this before mm-hmm. you know, in, in this regard and how it's going to look that now we have to do all of one side and then go do the dreaded other side. And that's one of the things that I've been stumbling upon and put in the slump this time coming around is that. It's just like, oh man, now I got to do the other side. Like I had the other side done like two and a half weeks ago and I still haven't done it. Like, I mean, I did it last yesterday is what I did, but it's just like when you're used to a certain rhythm and you have to change, sometimes it like really does something to your mind. Yeah. And I yeah. will put a, a swear word in there and I don't want to do a swear <laughs> word, but it, it really like really makes you have to think, okay, like, well, what am I going to do now? Like, you know, so. yeah, you have to work it all out in your head. It's different when it's something that's more routine. If you're going back and forth, yes. like, okay, I've done this flower. I can go back and forth. But for this pair, for me, every step of the way was basically one, one side. And I, I tried to actually go back and forth a little bit, but it was only uh-huh. once I was completely confident because there's mm-hmm. quill work mm-hmm. um, incorporated and, I was like, I, I can't jump to both sides right away. Like I did all the the petals, say, for the flowers, because I was like, okay, yeah, that I know what that I'm doing. Do, yeah. yeah, I had worked it out. But then there was the quill work that got incorporated. And I'm like, ooh, like if it don't work on one side, I don't want to ruin the other side too, you know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I had to make sure it was confident and everything was like uh, to the way I wanted it on, on one side. Yeah. And then I jumped to the other side. So, yeah, so I'm kind of doing that right now with the cuffs. And hopefully they will be done I, I don't even I know when. I think it will be done. I know they will. Yeah. I know you'll be able to get it done. You'll be able to get it done. Yeah, I'm like kind of sweating a little bit, but it yeah, is but what it really, is. But that's like, that's part of the process. Like that's the, that's the learning and that's the jump from, like you said, like you're putting yourself, you did a show before, but you're trying to, like you said, like you're upping your game kind of, and mm-hmm. that's what it is. Like, trust me, I've been there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just thinking about that yesterday. Was it yesterday? Monday, Monday, Monday was Monday, whatever the 10th was, was a deadline for a show. And I was like, ah, do I want to try? Because for that show, I just have to send in my portfolio pretty much. And then I'll go and make a project, right? For that show. Yeah. Ah, well, and I was still even thinking, I've never, ever sent anything late. Like, you know, like where you have to pay the late fee. Oh, yeah. And so the deadline, the hard deadline is tomorrow. And even now when you're talking, I wrote it in my agenda. Ooh, October 14th. Maybe I could do a show, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I had some interesting news aside from the questions. 
you know me, I like to overextend myself, right? And be loving to everybody and say <laughs> yes to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing three graduation orders this Ew, year. Oh my God, are you crazy? <laughs> what the hell? Oh. Well, one was for sure. Like one was since the person was born, it was my niece. You know, oh, like I kind of yeah, okay. knew that was I, gonna, I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And these are commitments I made like a year, year and a half ago, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you, you don't, like it was like that same thing. I mean, I knew in the back of my mind, this one I did not, these ones, the two that were confirmed this week, I knew about them. I knew what I said. Not like that last year where I forgot all about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I made the commitment and more casual, it was more of like a casual thing. Like, yeah, sure, I'll do it, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I knew in my mind, like it was a commitment in my, in, in, in my, in, uh, to my standards, it was a commitment, like a hard commitment, but there was no talk about it. And so I was like, maybe they forgot or maybe, mm-hmm. they, <laughs> you know, like whatever. Thankfully they remembered prior to December, you know what I mean? Like, oh, God, yeah. yeah, but it's two young women who use the stuff, like they use, the, they're going to be using these things. It's not just like, I mean, and not to say that, I mean not to take an order for somebody who's not using it, but mm. it was when I did it, it was genuinely, yeah, sure. Cause I knew, I know them. Mm-hmm. And so each mother, one, each mother contacted me this week. <laughs> <laughs> Checking in. Just confirm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm doing it. Like I said, I was. And then yesterday I was like, yeah, this is the one of three, like, yeah, hers is one of three I'm doing. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. Oh. And I just, and I told the mothers, I said, like, one of the orders is my niece. Like, that is, like, one for sure. And that's the only meeting I had, like, face-to-face. And we talked about the stuff. And, you know, like, we got tried to get on the, on, on the same track. And mm-hmm. thankfully, I have, like, this is October, November, December. I'll start in January on the, on the things for those girls. Because I have things now that I'm, like, really starting to do for myself. Mm-hmm. And, um... I just told the moms, like, I got to have hard answers by December. And I just hope they're not doing all the same color because I'm going to say. Oh, God. Because if they are, I'm going to tell them <laughs> I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not doing that. We got to figure out a way to get around this. Like, if it's the same palettes, I have to say. And I told them, I said, I hope it's not the same colors because we're coming. We're going to be coming into a thing. So <laughs> one of them, I know for sure, is not going to be the same color. So that's good. And I have a feeling the other one is not going to. And I think I could sway my niece to pick the colors that I want. (laughs) It's really, you know, like I gave, she gave me an idea and I had an idea of something, not necessarily um, things that she told me, but I said, hey, look at this. I have these two things I've already done. And that's one of the things is I don't normally do like mimicking things and it's not necessarily mimicking the actual, well, one piece is already done, like set. And I said, hey, you like this? Like I could incorporate this piece into something else you want that and it wasn't meant to be a set but it was something i made at the same time and i use the same colors and she's like i don't care if it, if somebody else has something like a medallion or something like a small piece mm-hmm. made of, like okay then because that's cool and yeah, yeah so, so i'm gonna do three so look out for that and only two go to the same school so that's not too bad that makes sure they look the same at all oh god yeah i have my sons too i have to start doing that oh my god that's right yeah. Are you doing purple? No. I I honestly I don't know what we're doing yet. Um originally mm-hmm. he wanted black, black, white, and gray. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of similar to what you did last time, but that other one was purple. Yeah, he wanted he had purples in there and purple gray yeah. and, and black, black and okay. whatever. But yeah, I think I'm gonna sway him a little. <laughs> I'm gonna try. Um, I still like the color. Like, I I kind of I I feel like it would be so nice if he did like a beige and a brown and like something else, like maybe a some type of a blue or a red in there. I don't know. Um, but it was. I'm thinking based off of the Gastoa that he wanted. He wanted a Gastoa that because he's he his hair is so light, he's got really light hair. Mm-hmm. We kind of agreed that maybe a white Gastoa would not be like, you know, it it wouldn't be like the 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 ideal like coloring mm-hmm. for him. Unless so, you put a band that was really colorful or something to break from his face to the lead to the Leaves, even then the i think feathers. it would still be too yeah. much like because it, it's too out. uh yeah because they're they, they're full you know like uh, the one yeah. he wants is full so we were looking at some of the other ones where it's like a full turkey and it's dark like they're dark yeah. browns and there's like a lot of like really rich creams and browns and different tones in that so i was like yeah. that would look so nice which would be nice with, with the color palette you had just mentioned yeah so i was like so I kind of already see it in my head but the only thing that sucks is that i have other stuff that was prepped from last year thinking, okay, I can use this for his grad and it's not the color. It's like silvery grays and I, it won't, it's, it's going to be too cool for the warmer tones that I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know, but we still have to go and look. Um, I think I secured really something else, right? I mean, that's yeah, not a problem. We it? have to go and look anyways. Like, I, I don't even mm-hmm. know. Like, I could say this is what I want for him and doesn't mean that's what he wants. So I have to still, you know, like it's his stuff. So yeah. we have to go and check for uh, materials. And I secured Gunnarita, I maybe like two years ago, like, hey, my kid's graduating in like 10 years. Can you uh, <laughs> can you do mm-hmm. his shirt or whatever? Yeah. Um. So she's going to she's doing it. Um. And she said, by, I believe by March, I have to have everything there. So mm-hmm. I want to, but I, I, I don't want to leave at last minute. I'm not one of those, like it's going to, it will bug, well, I am a last minute person, but for these kind of things, I understand like the, the, the craziness of it all. And I don't want to yeah. be stressed trying to find it all like a day before I have to hand it in. So we're probably going to get going soon on it and go start um, just looking for all the materials and make sure that I have mm-hmm. enough of whatever he needs. and. So I, it's kind of on a standstill until we have the colors, like until we can agree on what we're doing. And the even the gusto is up in the air too right now. So it's hard because the person who I'm hired or who, who I asked um, might be doing a project kind of that incorporates the kids. But if so, then it's based only on the white colors, like the white feathers, which was, wasn't what we wanted. So I have to see if they can still do it. And... It's like it it really depends on what birds that they can find. Like he he's not out mm-hmm. there killing and, and shooting the birds. He gets them more like roadkill almost. So it's mm-hmm. almost like you gotta cross your fingers that there he finds a bird that, that fits the colors that you want. So um that's the other hard part. Um so we'll see about that. Like I'm I'm hoping that we can get what you know, what we were um what we kinda want, but yeah. You know, we just gotta see how it goes. So like you can always dye the feathers too, right? You know that, eh? Uh, yeah, well, it's not, it wouldn't, well, I guess it would be, it would be me, but I would, I don't, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it though. Like, I, I don't want to mess up. I don't know the mm-hmm. whole functions of it all. So I don't, I don't want to be touching that and like messing mm-hmm. anything up and I give it to him and the feathers are all rock hard or something or I mess them mm-hmm. up, you know? So yeah, that's not my, uh, my area. So, but yeah, so that's that. So we'll see how it goes, but that's my next project. That's my, um, 
uh, what's it called? That's my grad projects. And I might possibly <laughs> have another one, but not really. But I might. Um, I have to talk with the mother first. So uh-huh. we'll see. But that one might be more of a Don't gift. Don't reach out to the parents. No, I'm just no, this one's a gift kind of thing. Like it oh, might be. Yeah. Hello. So. Um, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. So I want to see what they're doing first. And then, um, I, I, I will like, I'm, I'm all down for making moccasins and they want it like arm cuffs and stuff like that. So those yeah. are simpler things that I could do. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit, it's a lot easier to do it for, for guys, like for boys, unless they want something, you know, like a fully, like kind of like the, like a, a yoke, I guess, but it's, you know, whatever for oh. men. So, but yeah. 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 So that's it. No, I'm just kidding. So, that's it. Oh, it's just got loud outside. Um, hopefully it's not bothering the mm-hmm. baby. I don't know what doing out there in construction. Um, so one of the things were one of the thing one of the questions was um bead sessions. How long have you stayed up to bead? I don't think we talked about that in last session. No, actually I don't think I've ever. Um for me, well, Okay, wait, let me, let me preface the question by okay. asking yeah. so we can get some context. Yeah. And we've talked about this, I think, maybe the first podcast or the second podcast when I ask, like, questions night or day and all that kind of jazz. So when do you tend to do your beating? And then maybe, like, that would go into, like, how long have you stayed up to be? So when, when is your preferred time and your more creative hours of the day? Um. It depends. So the morning, I'm usually like, once the kids are gone to school or everything's calm and quiet in the house, um, then I can sit down in the mornings because I'm mm-hmm. not at work so long as I don't have other things going on. I don't like to sit down and start beating if I know in an hour I have to go and do something mm-hmm. um, because it just, it, I feel rushed and I feel the pressure and like stress to do it. So I, I, I make sure that when I'm going to sit down, I have like a good allotted time. Mm-hmm. Um, so preferably what would, what would constitute as a good, a lot of time, uh, like a good, at least like two to two plus hours, three hours, okay. you know, it has to be mm-hmm. like a good amount of time. Um, it my my, my needs have changed. So now like, I hate saying like, oh, well, you know, I'm older. I'm, I know I'm not old. Like other people are going to be like, shut the hell up. <laughs> you're not even old, but like getting older, like. I have a harder time beating at night because of the lighting. I'm there. Yeah. That's where I am. So I don't like to, and I don't want to stress my, my body out either. So I don't want to be straining my eyes. Like I'd like to beat until, until I, you know, forever. So I'm trying to take care of that. So I do prefer, I do enjoy beating at night, but I have to have my alt light. I have to have really good lighting. Um, If mm-hmm. not, then it's uh yeah, it's a, it's a strain. So when my kids were younger though, you know how it goes. If you're a parent, you know that like kids are on a hundred percent during the day. So um, my only beating time was at night uh, when they were smaller. And mm-hmm. I used to burn the midnight oil because I was doing shows. I was uh, doing the paintings and beating um, mm-hmm. incorporated together at the time. And so I'd have to get the painting done. And then I was putting the beadwork on. And there were times where I was like up starting at like they would go to bed they'd be in bed and sleeping by say nine or whatever so it'd be like nine thirty till about maybe three in the morning sometimes and then I felt like hell like the next day because now I'm up with them all day and you know so 
that's how I used to function. Um, now there's no way in hell I could do that. Like if I go to bed like at 12 o'clock, I feel like I'm like dead the next day. So I could put a couple of hours in at night, but like I would say 12 would be my cap. Like, mm-hmm. and then I'd have to go to bed. So, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like my preferred, like a, uh, like a window in the morning and then like before bed. And you. Uh, and me. Well, I, oh man, I would say I used to be a bead whenever I can, no matter what time it was ever. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. I remember I was uh, working full time at step by step and I would bead from like five in the morning till like 730 before my, before I left for work. And then I would come home, do I'm not sure if I made dinner, my husband made dinner. I'm not sure. I think my kids were homeschooled. That my kids were homeschooled at the time, and then I would be up there beating from like eight o'clock till sometimes two in the morning, mm-hmm. and then getting up at five again to bead. Mm-hmm. And that, and I was pregnant at the time, but I was like really trying to hustle to be at the Herb Museum and like the Santa Fe. So I knew like that was like I had to put in the time and the hours to get it done because otherwise I wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. And then. um Things have progressed where like then I had ended up getting like, you know, I had the studio and I could go there when I wasn't working. But then I seem to always be working part time. <sighs> so trying to get there when I could try not to be at home, which means I wouldn't be beating at night. Um, now I don't even feel it doesn't feel like I'm beating mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> as yeah. crazy as it seems. But um, but I like morning. I like the morning. I. Um, like yesterday, I beat it all day. But I'm telling you, Margaret, I am slow. Like <laughs> I be, have become very slow, very, very, very slow. And I don't know necessarily. I think I'm being slow. I don't know if I really am or what it is, but there's something going on with me where I am like, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm distracted. There's nothing in the room distracting me unless it's like the Mm-hmm. the phone but i'm not really like i can't be scrolling and beating at the same time it doesn't work the mm-hmm. function that's what it is i don't know maybe i'm scrolling i don't even know you know that mindless scrolling but i feel like i'm slower i think i'm more intentional maybe mm-hmm. rather than just slow because i'm just like lazy i don't think that's what it is i think there's a lot of creativity things in my mind and i had that ta- that talk last week and i've realized that um when i'm faced with other creative things i have to do Somewhere has to pay the price. Yeah. And in this last month, it's been beadwork kind of paying the price just because there's so much going on creatively that I can't invest the time. So like yesterday, I beaded, like I said, all day. And then I was lying in bed and I thought, I have to finish this line. I have to finish this straight line. I was literally lying down mm-hmm. with the beads on the side of me and I was trying to beat it. I'm like, Leaf, this is ridiculous. You have like two centimeters left. You can't do it this way. So I put it away. <laughs> Whereas normally I would have been like holding one eye open, trying to get that thing done. And I've never beat it in bed to that extent, like being mm-hmm. like, laying down and beating. But um, yeah. So for me, that's like, I could beat a long time before, but now I can't, can't beat a long time no more. That's so <laughs> can't do it. Yeah, I I don't either. I put like more just a couple of hours in here and there. Like I don't do unless unless it's absolutely necessary, then I can then I have to like sit and do a long stretch. But then, yeah. yeah. But for me too, like life for me right now, we're, you know, we're 
everyone's doing dealing with their own things so we're yeah. no different like yeah. I have my own personal things that we're dealing with um just family wise and stuff yeah. so you know just going through some ups and downs and um like when you're in a space where you're mentally exhausted you're emotionally exhausted you know things are um it's just changed you know things are are we're we're all hitting new new patches and change and whatnot so it it's been emotionally draining and and mentally mentally draining so it's kind of like that's right now i felt like a lot of my creative things have suffered in a in a sense Mm -hmm. um or not really suffered but have to had to have been put on the back burner because i don't have the energy for them um so for me lately that's how i felt um I haven't been consistently beating, although I post and it seems like because people were like, oh, my God, you're always beating. And I'm like, mm, I, I that's just a post like that's sometimes yeah. Instagram isn't the real FYI. Yeah. Sometimes Insta- Instagram is not the real deal. <laughs> yeah. Like I've posted like I may post like and I I don't post that often anymore. Like on Instagram, like I, I don't know. I don't know why yeah. I just don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't post that much. It's so. But when I post, people will see it and think, oh, my God, she's doing this. And then I'll post maybe another day or so, like the same process or the same thing. So people think that, oh, my God, you're beating so much. But I'm like, yeah, but that's the only thing I've done in a month. Like, you yeah. know, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I did a, a medallion, I think was the last thing I finished or no, a picture frame. And even that the picture frame is not completed like that. That has to get done. But it's I I just have not had the. um I haven't had the time. I haven't had the drive. I haven't had anything. And it's, mm-hmm. I have so much stuff sitting there that's fully beat it, fully done, just needs the construction. And I can't get to it because I, I just don't have the, um, the capacity right now to do it. Yeah. So for these moccasins, that was no different. You know, those moccasins were, I started those like way in the in summer. In the summer. Yeah. yeah. So, and now it's, I have to have it done. So. I'm pushing and everything else had to get pushed aside to get those done because any, any time that I do feel like I, I can contribute to my, my art, then it's going only to those moccasins. Because if I try to jump back to anything else right now, I'm going to be burnt out. So yeah, sometimes it's like just, you know, life and everything else kind of stops the process too. And it seems to be a theme right now. I don't know if it's just because we're going into like hibernation mode and Everyone's kind of slowing down a little bit right now, you know, even mm-hmm. though it's, it is beating season. But I think things have just been hectic for everybody. Like, it seems to be the common thing. Like, I've talked to a few different artists and a lot of people are in that same slump right now. Like, just trying to get past. Sometimes it's like trying to get past yourself, you know, where everyone's dealing with something. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of like the creative process right now is, is, uh, is I don't know, the drive is not really there right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been. Well, this is my, as I, this is, I guess, the first month of my residency that I'm at, I'm in, and I've been creative a lot, but just not like I said in the beadwork aspect. Like I tried mm-hmm. woodworking. I, I got a new sewing machine the other night, and that from well, the other day, and I just made a whole new skirt like that same night. I was <laughs> trying out, and that. Let me tell you, that sewing machine was singing. It was so nice. <laughs> and I've been doing things like learning about wood because I want to, I'm, I'm making this cradle board and I, I can say it now because I'm in it and I've been talking about it. So I've been like sourcing wood, learning about wood, meeting new people who, who I tell you, Margaret, like sometimes the world just works in a way that just works with you. They know though it, it, 
the world, the people, the vibes know mm-hmm. that you're on a certain track and it sends people who you can learn from and do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've met so many people here that learning about one thing, learning about the, how to use a sound studio, because I could record myself singing a song if I wanted here. <laughs> I've learned about how to use the equipment and whatnot. And hopefully I can integrate some of that into my, my end project. But I was talking to the woman who is like the, like the master expert, because every studio in this arts building has like a master expert. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me that her, her partner did woodwork and he knew all kinds of stuff. Oh, and I was cool. like, oh my God, cool. And then I go somewhere else and I meet somebody else. And mm-hmm. one of the ways that I I find the universe working in my favor is yesterday I went to buy wood. Not yesterday, Wednesday, I went to buy yeah, a piece of wood. And it was a store about an hour and a half from here. And I found it when I was driving here and I said, I got to get there. And I thought, ah, an hour and a half is so far. And I waited a month until I finally went there. Man, I should have went there that week I first started. <laughs> because, I mean, I, I learned a lot since then. But I went in there and any kind of species of wood you could imagine from all over the world were there. And yeah. I was just like, man, cool. I'm looking for this piece and this is whatever. And thankfully, I knew a little bit of this. I know a little bit of wood talk. And uh, <laughs> And I was able to like articulate what I needed, how much I needed, the dimensions and all that jazz. And so I found a piece, a piece of basswood that was 13 inches wide, but it was 12 feet. Oh my God. I don't have a vehicle that could fit a 12 piece, a yeah. 12 foot piece of wood in there. And I just said, you know, like, can you cut it? And they're like, yeah, we'll cut it. No problem. And so then we had to figure out like how much they could sell because you only can cut a certain piece of wood, a certain length for that shop because they need to sell the other piece. So okay. you have to make sure like, in a dimension that's sellable kind of thing. So yeah. we figured it out. And I said, I need it to be this thick, thickness. And they're like, well, the planning of it, we can do, but it'll take like three weeks. I said, no problem. I'll come back. I don't mind. Like I found it. I just, mm-hmm. I'll get my beeper going or whatever else I need to do. And then there was a young man and he was standing at the counter and he was doing like the computer work. And he goes, I could do that right now. Oh, I said, cool. what? He goes, yeah, if you don't mind waiting. I said, I have all the time today. I don't mind. And so he says, I just changed the blades on the planer. and I'm going to do it for you. And I was like, cool. So he went and he did it how much I needed. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, and yeah, so awesome. And I and I was on the phone with uh, Jamie Jacobs and uh, he Jamie. was giving like I was asking him. I asked Michael Galbin Earl another time about wood and just trying to figure out all the wood things, you know, like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, And uh, so he gave me some like tips and whatnot. And I'm like, hey, I see a hickory piece. And I found out you can't make a handle out of, out of wood you buy, like kiln. You have to have a live piece. That's what he yeah. said. Jay. And I was like, well, I guess I got to find that next. And wouldn't you know it? That very day, I was telling my, my mother at our supper about what I was doing. And she goes, we got a hickory tree right there. Oh, cool. So tomorrow, tonight or this afternoon, I'm going to go there with my Japanese saw because I bought one <laughs> when I was first came here, some of my tools. And I'm going to try to figure out like, well, I'm not going to cut it down right away, but I'm going to talk to some people and see how you, what, how do I do this? Because I don't know how to do it. Like, yeah. you know, in terms of like, I can cut down a lot. I can t- cut down a branch. That's no problem. Yeah. But how to get it to be a handle, you know, and you know, how yeah. to do that part is difficult. But I mean, things just come, are just like, line it up like i said like mm-hmm. universe is just showing what it is and i think it's not just the universe is showing is 
is that I actually have time now to see these things. Yeah. I actually have time to take the time to, to do the stuff that I, that I've yeah. been thinking about. And I, I'm not in a rush. Yeah. It's I, kind of like I, a, a refocusing almost refocusing, yeah, and, refocusing the time. Yeah. And, and those things were always there. Like those people, those, that tree was there my whole life. And that's where I wanted to build a house one day. If I, if I could right in between these two trees and one of them happened to be hickory. Mm-hmm. And so it's just now having the opportunity to like see, like, you know, just it's a different perspective because now my life is taking a little bit of a different turn in, in terms of the, the creative aspect. And I guess it maybe just to round it out is like, you know, there are like, you know, not light at the end of the tunnel, but, you know, like a shift in perspective can really like help balance you out in other ways, you mm-hmm. know, so people who are like struggling creatively or any other way, like, you know, if you if you if if you can change your perspective, if you have the opportunity to do that and you want to take the time, then, you know, like that, it could, it could mean a lot. And maybe seeing things in a different way will change how you feel too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's, that's what I need. No. <laughs> that's where I'm at. The growing pains of life. Well, you have to come here because I have a studio Yay! that we could do and we could, I could be in the sound part of it. And you could be in the sound booth and we could call in to Rosetta Highway there and get a walk in. <laughs> we could do a beating table and I could look at you through the little window. Yeah. <laughs> the window and computer there. Whatever, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, um, I'll have to set it on up. I don't know, you have to come down here. There's an extra bed at my mom's place. You could come if you wanted to sometime. Oh, hell yeah. I'll come. Yeah. You'll have to and do it the train. I could pick you up at the train station. Who knows? Yay! But, um, yeah, like everything right now too is up in the air, like uh, work-wise and life-wise and whatever. And like even the shop right now. Oh my God, I want to send you a picture. So you should. <laughs> so for it again. Oh uh, no! Well, I'm, I have to. Unfortunately, now like oh, I have yes. no choice. So yeah, I. It's like one of those things lately, like where I'm gonna talk shop talk. That's what I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna start bringing it up. So oh, lately, boy. things have been rough at the store in Mm -hmm. in a sense not the store itself it's just like because i'm i'm pulled in other spaces that i i can't always dedicate time so it is hard sometimes you know i feel bad i feel guilty people want consistency with uh with hours and things like that and i i just can't do it and then i feel the guilt i feel bad because i can't be there i can't open and everyone wants to bitch and yell at me for it so sometimes i i it's hard it is hard um and right now so this is a good thing though. The um we had water damage in the in the basement. So yeah. they had to that was during the summer and it you know, I, I totally get it. Like they're busy on their part too, the um the construction crew at the that works for the, the company. Mm-hmm. So they've been stretched thin too. So they haven't been able to get there to really fix it. But now it we were having issues, like there's issues downstairs. So they ended up coming it was more of a spur of the moment because I have a bigger crew now and they were like, hey, we got time. Like, are you ready? And I was like, oh, my God, no, I'm not like, give me a day or two, whatever. Yeah. So it was like mad dash. I had to basically take everything out of the basement. It's like a little storage space. And and they just came in like that afternoon. My daughter was at the shop with me. I was like, oh, my God, you got to just like grab everything. We got to get all this stuff out. So everything is currently in your in the office. Yeah. 
I could barely get. I can't even really get in there, like at all. Like the door opens. Yeah, everything's just like slammed in there, and then there's stuff like. I'm not there. It worked out. Oh yeah, and everything (laughs) is like kind of, um, like melting into the store too. Though, like the sitting area where I usually have classes or whatever is like yeah full of stuff. So it's just having to go through all of that right now and like clean everything out, and and the shop is a disaster. It's like a dump. So I'm I'm struggling with, do I close until they're completely done? Do I stay in there? Like, I don't know what the bloody hell to do right now, but it mm-hmm. is a dump in there right now. And because they have to work, like they had to take out the gyp rocks and now there's like dust all over the place. <laughs> it's a goddamn oh. mess. So yeah, I'm just trying to like deal with, you know, shop, shop life and, and, and life and beadwork and everything else. And in all honesty, sometimes it's it's um, finding that balance is not easy. So this is something that I know a lot of other um, um, like shop small owners businesses. or like small businesses go through where mm-hmm. you have to juggle different elements and different aspects of of your work and, and your life and all of that. And sometimes, like you said, like something goes, something's going to suffer at some point. Yeah. You're not going to be able to uh, to do all of it. So. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm at a bit of a crossroads trying to see like, do I cut back on something? Do I cut back on store hours? Um, Do I give up painting? Do I give up, you know, like, because Mm -hmm. I'm at a breaking point where right now there's just too much going on and I can't, I can't oversee all of it anymore. So that's been a struggle lately, just trying to, trying to figure out like, what's the best balance um, for my time and business wise, like, is it smart to be open so long and say, I'm not busy these days, but I'm, I'm there when that time could be put towards beadwork or I'm paying Mm -hmm. somebody and they don't need to be there or, you know, so it's all those, those different, um, things right now that I'm kind of going through. And that's the, that's the reality of like, uh, small businesses, you know, you have to go through your growing pains and you have to see what works and what doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a little bit of where I'm at right now too. And, and just dealing with the guilt of all of it too, because you feel I don't want to say like I I'm not a, you know a public figure or anything, but the store is is a public store. It's a, it's store. a public store, so it has an yeah. entity within the community. So you do yeah. feel like a loyalty to your community. I do feel like say if I yeah. had to close, like I would feel horrible. Or if I have to, if I can't, you know, give every, give what I can, then I feel bad. You yeah. know, so it's those kind of yeah. things. Like I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to. You know, like the the shop is there and it it creates space for other other artists as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't want to take that space away from other people too, but but mm-hmm. trying to find that balance and and um you know, seeing what's what's workable for me and what's a, a healthy yeah. balance like in my life right now. So that's kind of been some of my struggle too lately with uh with everything and the the shop. It's mainly because I'm doing the shop, I do classes for painting, which is different Mm -hmm. and then I have beading classes that's a whole nother job and then I also Mm -hmm. have um my own beadwork that's another job so that's like four jobs all in one and And then you have your you have your life your family yeah yeah yeah. and and things are crazy too so it's like you know the growing pains of raising teenagers is is you know pain (laughs) yeah it's it's a it's a process too so process yeah yeah so (laughs) <laughs> yeah so should we should we show them how we talk in real life uh, i guess no <laughs> okay so so mike so i have a few questions of what you said so yeah. how long are these people working 
What do you mean? Like how much oh. longer do they have to work down in the basement? I don't know, honestly, because I we th- I thought it was going to be a one or two day job and yeah. it's been three days now. So, okay, I, so you just close until they're ready. Yeah. Because, you know, like you said, there's 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 different variables. One, um, the variable is that it's dusty. Um, so then, you know, like, yeah, it's a dump. you're going to be cleaning while people are there anyway. And then, you know, mm-hmm. and you like your store to look a particular way, like a very nice place for people to feel comfortable. I think it probably bothers you that it's not like that because that's what you said. Oh, my you God. Yeah. Like, over everything. I so had just close your doors. Just close. Like, there's, yeah. like, there's no harm in that. And it also frees your mind to do the things that you already mentioned that you want to do. Like, one, you have these beadwork, the beadwork you're doing for your, for your, your, va- for your moccasin. It helps you, like, have time to refocus on things and making things more adaptable, maybe at home. Like, you, like children in terms of that, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to spread yourself so thin and feel like you might be disappointing somebody because you've taken that out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Because you're not disappointing anybody because... What it is, is that you're making it so when it's open, it's to the standard that people are accustomed to and the standard that you want to be upheld to. So just close and that's it. And when you reopen, it's fresh and new, you know, fresh like and so clean, clean, fresh and new. But like, that's how it was when you closed for that week, when you did the cleaning, remember, like you did the rearranging of the store mm-hmm. and it brought like, you know, there was new beads, there's new beads coming back in November. I'm going to be bringing some. So it's like, you don't have to feel bad. Yeah. You just, and, and. That's what happens. That's the ebb and flow of business. And you're not closing for the rest of your life. You're just closing until that work needs to be done. Yeah, I think you know? it stems from I had I had written a post like uh, maybe a month ago. And, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, well, you know, you just write posts. And I'm like, well, why the hell not? If it's mine, if you don't like my what I said and delete me or just don't or read my like shit. Personal like, uh, sorry. You mean like on your personal page? Yeah, on my personal. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, but I, I did vent. I vented about like how sometimes I, I could be at the shop and people will show up and they're like, oh, you're finally open. And I kind of. <laughs> I know I've heard you oh, say that. Oh, my like, God. <laughs> and I, like I'm being real here now, like and I'm sorry if I offend anybody, but it is a pain in the ass. Like it. Because you don't, you do not know what people are going through behind the scenes. Like, yeah. you do not know what people's lives are mm-hmm. outside of the damn shop. You know, like, yeah. the shop is part of my life. Yes, it's not my whole life. So mm-hmm. when people walk in there, and I could have had the shittiest week before that, and you walk in and it's like, ugh, you're finally open. I just want to be like, ugh, get the hell out. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. just be nice. Like, I- I'm sorry I can't accommodate all the time. And I'm sorry that my hours don't always work for everybody. But at the moment, this is the best that I can do. And this is the best that I can give, you know. But so you don't have to be sorry about that. You know that, right? Like, you don't have yeah, to be sorry. I don't, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be sorry because you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, and that's it. I feel like this. This constant need to um, apologize for it or to feel bad or to, but it's, I think it's because when one person comes in, it may seem, okay, it's one person, but then you have multiple people coming in. So then mm-hmm. you feel like, okay, I am doing something wrong because everybody yeah. feels that way about it, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, okay, well, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll live here then and I'll open all day and every waking minute. So that yeah. pressure gets put back on me that I have to be yeah. there constantly. And people don't always understand that a small business, is not run the same as a big corporation. I don't have always the funds to, you know, they could say like, well, hire somebody. 
but I don't always have the extra funds yeah. to pay yeah. that person to be yeah. there for a full week. That's like uh, <laughs> almost a thousand dollars if I pay somebody, you know, so some something has to suffer somewhere else. Then it's like, well, then I can't get new stock this week because I have to pay. I have I to pay somebody. Yeah. And then somebody's going to complain like, oh, all your stuff is the same, you know, like <laughs> so sometimes if I just like it's the politics and it's the bullshit sometimes that gets to you after a while being a small business. And it's true, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's easy to say, well, you know, you can't please everybody. You just got to turn it off. And, you know, you try as a small business. I know there's so many people that feel like this and go through these things. And it and it's hard. Like, I would like to hear more suggestions and how do people deal and cope with it being a small business? Like, because mm-hmm. some days it does really get to me. And some days I literally want to say, like, I'm just going to close. Like, I'll just close because I don't want to deal with the bullshit anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. and. Like, do I really want to? No. But mm-hmm. is it worth feeling like this all the time? No. You know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, sometimes it could be really shitty. So this is like the real talk. This is the real crap that I, I vent about and talk about being, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes it's like people don't give you that grace because it's kind of like, well, you're, you're a store owner and that's just business and that's just the way it is. So don't complain, you know, but it's, but I am also a human being. I am also yeah. somebody struggling to give all of these things to my community and, and try to, you know, like do what I can. Um, and then sometimes you just feel like you're just constantly being shit on. So it's, it's rough sometimes. And sometimes I, I need to vent and I need to bitch about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and you're not, you're like, it's like, you're not, it's not in a negative way, like you're doing it in a very nice way when we're talking right now. And and, and that's how you tend to do it. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, there mm-hmm. might be more involved when we're just talking face to face or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, like, I think it, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I think that you'd have to reach out to other small business owners. And, and thankfully, I mean, there's a growing business of people who are kind of maybe necess- not necessarily those people who have a small business, like a storefront, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of small business, like online things who are doing things like you're doing, like who are focusing on not necessarily, or maybe it's focusing more on their own art craft or their, what they make, but like, you're also extending it. Like it's a different thing. Like you have people who have their stuff on consignment at your store. So it's different too. Mm -hmm. And It'd be interesting to hear from somebody, maybe through this platform, or maybe even if somebody wants to reach out to Margaret personally and create that small business thing. Like, you know, like I'm, everybody goes through it. Like, it's like I'm a network. Like, we need a, a support a support group now. <laughs> it's, like, it's like public it service, too. you know? Yeah. Like, I feel it too for the beads. Like, I had people say, when are the beads coming? And you know what? I could give two <laughs> rats behind because you know what? I can't, that's not my priority. Yeah. Yes, it's your priority. And I love that you're buying them. And I'm glad that you're doing it. I'm not making millions of dollars. It's not supporting my living in terms of that part. I mm-hmm. do it because I like beads. And I like the opportunity. I enjoy being able to provide that for the people when I when I can. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it takes a lot of money. And like you said, like you, if you might be paying somebody, you got to pay forward and buy the stock and it comes in and you do all that kind of jazz and all that stuff so like I understand that but I've given up a long time now to say like you know what I gotta be on it I've given up on it it is what it is and then people come and they get them and thankfully there's other places that they can go if they are hard up and they really really need 
need something. And I and I refer the people to the other places because, you know, like my own God, you got to find it someplace. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, like creating that small community or extended community all over like Turtle Island, there's tons of people doing that. Like we should all band together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had even like I, I did another post. Now. It was all it was maybe last month. I think I had like that little breakdown. <laughs> I was so uh-huh. pissed. I was so annoyed just. Because it was like the common theme and people just kept saying like, oh, you're not open. And I think it was because I had to close for something or whatever. For the cleaning, yes. Yeah. So it was at that point. And I remember I had written a post about how I named all of the great things about small businesses because we don't often do it. We always hear the complaints about what people are not doing and how much they're not doing and where they're lacking and all that. So I pointed out all my favorite businesses and all the great things that they are doing because you know what? They deserve to hear that. And I I didn't do that because I wanted somebody to do that for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will say that sometimes I do need that, but I don't need that constantly. I don't need that. I don't need somebody to keep blowing smoke up my ass all the time. That's not what I need. But yeah. when you constantly hear the negative and how bad you're doing and what you're doing wrong, it does play on yes. you after a while. So that's a beautiful if you were doing that to a child, yeah, that would be child abuse. Yeah, that would be verbal. <laughs> yeah, abuse. so goddamn stop abusing me. <laughs> but that's how I felt. So I had written, like, I I posted out like all of these amazing little stores that we have in the community, what they're doing, all of their their strengths, all of their things, just to put that back into perspective. And you know, I mm-hmm. found it funny that when I posted that, I I don't give a shit about likes. I don't care. But you know that didn't really even get that much traction. So when you post about something negative, though, everybody's loving it. Everybody's on. I was like, what in the hell, man? Like, so it was just like, I think it was more because of the mind space I was in at the time. I was like very, I was in a negative space. So I was kind of finding all the negative and everything too. Uh-huh. Like, But yeah, it was just, I, I thought that was a little bit interesting too. But, but yeah, like we don't often hear that, you know, like people don't get, um, I don't know why we just we don't do it. We don't praise people for the great things that they are doing. And we all need that. Everybody needs that. You know, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need it every day, all the time. But once in a while, a pat on the back is nice for somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like I said, I, I don't need that right now or everything. But it's, uh, you know, like I also don't need to be shit on all the time either. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was my that's my that's my shop talk. That's my real life shop talk. That's really how things go. Sometimes small businesses, I, I really want to hear people reaching out. I'll post something too. Mm-hmm. After we post, like after this is posted, but just to hear all of the, um, all of the things that other people go through and all of their things. I've, I've seen other posts. I've read other people's stuff, you know, like going through the aches and pains of it too. But, um, I'd like to hear both. Like, what are, what are some of the great things about your business? What are the shitty things that you go through? You know, like it'd be interesting to hear from, from everybody mm-hmm. and any suggestions that you have. I'd be all for it. <laughs> Man, as you're talking, I'm just sitting here scrolling your 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 page and I don't see anything. I never <laughs> see your post. You and blocked like, me. No, I, that's not at all. But it's but weird. It's that, the like algorithm. It just like, yeah, like some of my like closest people that I have, I don't see any of their stuff ever. I never see your stuff. The only thing I saw was that. I th- and I think I only saw the moccasins because I think you posted to Instagram, but mm-hmm. I never, I'm like, oh, my God, like you're like. I knew you had poison ivy on oh, Instagram, God. but I didn't know you were tracking on Facebook. Man, mm-hmm. I was like, 
I don't ever see her post. So I'm like, whoa. Yeah, let's talk about that. No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, if anyone has ever had it, I'm so sorry because I know the, the hell that it is. Oh, my God. So my daughter and I went down. We live on the river. <laughs> Most of you know that I post pictures of it all the damn time. I know. But uh, we went down to cut a path. And normally we have paths cut out there uh, to get to the water. This year, we just kind of let it overgrow a little bit. And I have never had poison ivy issues in the front like that. So mm -hmm. I d it wasn't on my radar at all. So I, we just, I had clippers. I went through and I was just like snipping uh, leaves out and, and like the, <laughs> the weeds and whatever. And my son, if people, people who, who know me, my son uh, gets poison ivy and poison everything really bad every year. And he gets it like multiple times a year. Um, so we're always struggling with uh, these big ridiculous rashes and stuff for him. So I am fully aware of what poison ivy looks like, poison oak, poison sumac. Like I know every poison plant, poison hemlock, I know what they all look like. So walking now, it, because it wasn't on my radar, I wasn't paying attention. And I walked <laughs> through, there was a massive patch. And it was only because now I was laying down hay to try mm -hmm. to make it clean to get down there. I looked and I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I, and then I really looked and then it was like, it just like magically all popped up. And I'm like, holy shit, there's a big patch. So it was, um, it's small. It was probably just like um, the end of year growth almost. Mm -hmm. And it's a new patch. So they were really low to the ground and uh, they were all like a different color. Everything's dying. So it was all reddish. So I was like, oh, my God. I even just double checked it with my app. I have a, a plant app and yeah. it was like poisonous plants. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I had pants on mm -hmm. and I, I had uh, I had Crocs on, but I had pants on and it was the sliver of my ankle that was open. Um, oh. it touched and then I probably didn't notice it at first cause it didn't come out right away. It was like two or three days later it came out oh. and I was probably already scratching and rubbing the oils everywhere. And I probably crossed my legs and I put my yeah. ankle on my knee. So I had a big patch on my knee. I had horrible, like horrific people were inboxing me thinking like I did, they were like, there's no way that's poison. I'm like, I know it is, but it doesn't look it because it, I think we hyper react to it. So I had these ridiculous blisters. Like, yeah, oh, even now I look like I have the plague. Everyone keeps looking at me. I have it unbandaged now because it's finally healing. Yeah. It's not oh, itchy okay. anymore. I don't really need all the creams and stuff. But yeah, it looks horrific though. But it was hell. Oh my God. I can't imagine people who get this all weeks. the time. Uh, three. Three weeks. Yeah. But it, like to the point where I want it to go insane. Like the... The amount of itching and scratching and like trying not to touch it. And I was like, oh, my God. Finally, I think at one point I was in the shower and I just scratched the hell out of it. And I, yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't help it. I, I had to scratch it. But I used, I was only washing it with um <laughs> with Dawn dish soap. Yeah. And then somebody had picked up um like a poison ivy wash for me. Yeah. So I was using that only just that to wash it. But I was terrified. I was so afraid like. I have to wash everything else and then wash that because I'm like, I don't want to touch that and then touch my yes. face or touch anywhere else. Anywhere else. Oh, my <laughs> God. that shit everywhere. So it was so scary. I just kept washing my hands. I was scrubbing under my nails and oh, yeah, it's hell. I was like, I can't imagine getting this again. 
And so. your daughter was okay though, like she didn't get it bad, right? You had Yeah, no, she got she had a small patch, but she had just a couple and it didn't spread. She um we washed it all out right away and we just kept wrapping hers. And just mm-hmm. I had uh Alicia Cook has this amazing um uh jewel weed salve. Yeah. So I had picked it up just because we always need it. Uh, we were at the Agusasne uh, Pawa when she was there. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to pick these up. But like, we always need it. So I got, I grabbed two mm-hmm. and uh, I used one completely and I have like half of the other one still. And that was amazing. It took Good. the itch and sting out right away. Um, I had to keep reapplying it like uh, maybe twice a day. But yeah. um, that really helped. Calmine lotion helped. And this like spray I had, um, it was like, Calendula, Calendula. I don't know how to say it. Anyways, it was like some kind of a, a spray, um, but that helped too. And then I had to just keep bandaging it. But yeah, it was hell. Hell. God. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So it sucks. Well, Stay away from poison it. ivy. From <laughs> Wait. Say so it again. I, said, I, didn't hear. Son, I said, luckily your son didn't get it. He stayed away from you. He was terrified. He was like, oh, "Don't God. come near me. Don't." Like, he's like, just, I don't want to touch any of your stuff, like towels, everything. I had to just keep washing. Like I couldn't like reuse, but because he's so sensitive, like there are times where he gets it, that it's not even, um, like he's not even in the bush. I literally think that he's so sensitive that I don't know if the, the plant gives off like a a pollen or anything kind of like that. And Mm -hmm. it's airborne and he gets rashes. Like he gets it really bad every June. Yes. So, and and it's like clockwork every June, he's going to get it and he'll get it like maybe two to three, four times sometimes during the summer. And, uh, and I'm talking like massive welts and all over like his face, his hands, it goes in between his toes. It goes everywhere, all over his legs. He's really poor. He suffers like a good part of June. Um, so he was like, get away from me. Don't, I don't want to be anywhere near you in case it spreads (laughs) or like whatever, you know? So he was poor. He was avoiding me. So, but even Greg, he was like, nah, get away from me. Like, don't. Go somewhere else, right? Yeah. Get away. So, yeah, it was not fun. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think that's pretty much, pretty much it. That's, that's where everything is right now in life and craziness. And so the takeaway is watch your surroundings. <laughs> yeah. Watch your surroundings, you know. Wear billy boots. Wear billy boots. Take stock in your life. Take a. Try to, at some point, if, even if it's really hard, and sometimes it's a hard for us, just try to take a step back and just look at what you're looking at, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Take really. that hard look and see what it is. Because, you know, when you're working, like you said, you're working and trying to make that field, you took a step back and you changed your perspective and you literally saw that you were walking through. Shit. No. Life-changing <laughs> shit. Yeah. Life-changing situation for, for sure. So, yeah. 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 Yep, yep. So I guess with that, that's with it. With that, everybody, we ha- we had a, a roundabout talk about beadwork and some shop talking, life talking. Like we said, like we haven't spoken really in depth at all. Maybe mm-hmm. we spoke last Friday for a little while, maybe an, less than an hour, just the two of us. And Yeah, and it was hard. So the kids we were talk. all sitting there too, so we couldn't really, it's like talking in code. <laughs> yeah, and so this is how we usually talk and stuff like that. So maybe this is will be the new... The new way we'll send, we'll... Um, the catch-up. Yeah, the catch-up of how it is and what really happens at a beating table. Like, if we hadn't seen each other and we got together just to bead, we would be talking about all this stuff and then some. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so 
for anyone who's listening, if you're interested more in maybe reaching out to Margaret, um, you can check her Instagram, TS Beating, uh, or you can maybe leave a message on our, our Instagram post, The Beating Table, to reach out to her about maybe small business or anything else. Or if you have any good, uh, if you need help on some poison ivy tips, maybe she could send you the information about what, what the salve she had. <laughs> <laughs> or if you have any other questions or topics that you'd like to hear on The Beating Table, please be all, be, Feel you know, free. Feel free. I would say like, like subscribe and whatever but we don't have that we're not on YouTube. <laughs> but you know like keep engaged with us so we can engage with you and better reach whatever the beating community has we did this just because we wanted to and it, it, it works for us but you know we'd like to be able to be of help to anybody else out there so we don't mind doing that too so yeah all right <laughs> with that being said Yanko, everybody for listening to the beating table and have a great rest of or beginning of your day depending on when you're listening all right on out <laughs> the views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your DWSA and its employees